out of Austin, Texas. You're listening to the Unsanctioned Citizen Podcast. Here's your host, Sheila Dean. Good afternoon, this is Sheila Dean. I'm broadcasting here from Austin, Texas in the south. Austin's a beautiful, beautiful sunny spring day. Hopefully you can hear me. I'm going to go ahead and invite as many people as I can. Um, the system's kind of slow today. So I just want to say hello to all the people. And I'm bringing in my host, my co-host, probably. I can get him to come on. The system's always a little bit slow sometimes. Let me see if I can speed things up.
Sorry, I had my face turned away. And can you hear me now? Why am I not showing up as talking? Testing one, two, three. Testing one, two, three. I can hear clearly now the rain is gone. I can hear all obstacles in my way. Can you hear us now? Miranda, can you hear us? It seems we're having some issues. Oh, this is very cool. Let us try this microphone. Can you hear me now? Thanks, Miranda. Okay, I because it looks like I'm not, I thought I was dead, so because the little red symbol around my icon is not showing up on my side. And so we cannot hear Sheila. And I said, yes, I'm here. Yeah. Hi. Were you making your available to port me in 
I'm going to try. Um, last time we did this, they you could not hear them. They could hear you. Well, I think at this point, point I'll suffer for, for not hearing them and um, and them hearing me because I need to talk about the fact that this is this right here, this technical aura mm -hmm. involving is probably a tantrum of the diminishing or perceived management state. So I'm just I'm just gonna I want to say that. You, you want to say that. Okay, I'm almost done. I just got to get all my pieces together. I really appreciate you being an amenity. I think you are godsend, and you've been really helpful. And I'm sorry, but there's a lot of things that are going on, and I hope that are not convenient. <laughs> so I'm going to ask the like, what they think I should do. Okay. Well, um, all right, I'm almost ready here. Okay. I'm going to send up a note to the listeners and let them know I'm trying to tackle this. Okay. And I'm going to now plug something into my phone. You may hear clicks and stuff, and that's expected. Where's the end of my cable? Um, you probably want to make me a. Um, you probably want to make me a, a speaker. Uh, I, I did. I did make you. Speak. Oh, there it is. I see the invitation now. Sorry. Okay. All right. All right. You're gonna hear some clicks, and I'm sorry. I am not the NSA. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you great. Miranda, Hi, everybody. Can you can, hear everybody? Can, can everybody hear me now? Okay, now just I'm going to caution everybody that she may not be able to hear you because of the Rube Goldberg machine we have doing this. So there we go. Okay. So last last week I couldn't hear everybody. I I muted my mic. It looks like there's continuous problems. I've been having problems for about three weeks technically. And <laughs> thank you, Cheese Baby Girl. Um, so I wanted to say that um, that I'm really thankful for Tribe and I'm really thankful for Gregor because you were the most helpful people. And I think that part of this technical problem that I'm experiencing is a tantrum from the the um, emergency state that is losing their power currently right now. So uh, Biden signed off to end the COVID national emergency, I think three days ago, that happened. It, he didn't wait till you know May 11th, he just did it. So because he did it, um, that means that we're no longer under COVID emergency rule. And now I think this is my assessment is that the global geopolitical powers are freaking out 
strenuously and the intelligence community is also freaking out strenuously okay they always have reasons to freak out they're always you know paranoid of everybody for every reason all times they want total control and all times you know total information awareness they want god power so but that's just not possible and it's not good when they're in control anyway um because they're not god they've tried to convince us that they're god they're not god so um so now that that's kind of settled as far as like an opinion you know exercise i need to to also say that because biden has returned uh civil powers back to the normal like constitutionally run government rather than the shadow emergency state uh for continuity of government uh now maybe we might have more of the first six months of biden administration which was you know it was okay it was you know maybe c plus b minus you know you had some some government and it was moderate it wasn't you know explicitly bad or good but after that six months things started really going into the to the trash can in terms of public confidence and i think that's because they took a really hard turn against the public against soft power which is you know elective medicine and uh they they tried to test boundaries with the american public and the world in general with covid mandates and medicine mandates and like didn't really work out uh it really caused a real shakeup in the diaspora and you know people moved out of you know blue states where they were really hard nosing it i know i left uh washington state and um the only mea culpa from that whole time is that during that time there were several data breaches there was a t-mobile breach there was a primera breach earlier than that but but during the pandemic there was an two i think there was two it was actually my bank got breached and my medical records also got breached so every orifice that was entrusted to washington state real estate got breached because they they will leave any kind of margin open for monetization and profit regardless because they they don't they will smile in your face and lie to you and tell you that, that privacy is important because privacy doesn't necessarily mean privacy what privacy means to a corporate administrator is how we license your data so i mean the inversion of, of meanings of, of words you know is this subjective you know rigmarole that you you know if you say privacy to me i i think that's like concealing my information keeping it away from prying eyes and, and the like but it's it's not um you know when you put it in a different dialectic it means how we license your information so that we can make money from your data Did I get it wrong, Gregor? Did I get it wrong? No, I Are you well, there? to an ex yeah, no, I would had my microphone mute so you didn't hear me breathing in your ear. Um <laughs> you know, we're you're we're twelve hundred miles, fifteen hundred miles apart, but um, you know, you don't need to be you don't need my breath in your ear. I'm sorry. Oh well, you know, let me let me just tell you what happened. So Washington State is on the verge of passing uh to Governor Inslee's desk a, a measure, um, my health, my privacy act. Um, for for patient privacy to improve patient privacy, because there's basically a speed freeway between um, these hospitals, 
you know, between, I, I didn't even ever sign off on anything to get my records transferred to a different hospital group. They just took the records. They don't need to. Which is some, what? You don't need to. It's all in a federal database now. Well, I mean, uh, that's not necessarily so. I mean, here in Texas, I have to sign off or give verbal consent in order to uh, transfer um, transfer records. I have oh, to that's the law. Yeah, it is a law, but it wasn't the way it was when I went to um, these providers. And I'm like, how did you get that information without me signing off or giving you a green light to retract my records? They're like, no, we just have all your records right here. I'm like, what? Welcome to HEPA. That's what HEPA established. Well, I'm not sure that, that the high-tech rule really, you know, should be administrated that way. Oh, agreed. <laughs> and and so because it's administrated for a speed pass for, for maximum transference by some magic, you know, magicianing of the, of the legal interpretations, because I don't think that's really true. Like I said, when I came here to Texas, I have to give verbal consent and permission from one healthcare provider to another in order for them to transfer records. And that's really all the ways the way it has been. You have to sign off, sign a paper in order to get it. And I signed this one paper at the at the front end to get the transfers. Nobody presented me with any such thing in Washington State. Okay. And so because of this permissive speed-based environment uh people got hacked and health information was completely blown out and so now they have passed this you know and you know what's landmark about this ruling is there's a private right of action so they were really anti-lawsuit so now you can sue these entities for violating your privacy if it's concerning healthcare, which is fantastic you know, I, I got to hand it to him. It's one of the first things that I've heard coming in Washington, Washington State has, has any meaning. Because when they choose not to enforce the law, which they will do on occasion with their friends, and then when they choose not to, when they lawfare out with whatever, you know, you can still pursue a civil suit if you have the means. And if there's enough people who've been breached, you can get a class action suit, which will be more fortuitous for the lawyers and you usually, but at least there will be an opportunity for injunction on the hospital or the healthcare provider to, to, to get some kind of consequence. In the past, there really hasn't been that, you know, that level. Right. But if we look at what HEPA did, HEPA was supposed to ease the sharing of data between organizations. Yeah, the high tech was supposed to do that. High tech HIPAA. Right. Supposed to do that. Right. But and it was actually supposed to protect. If you violate HIPAA, there's supposed to be a one million dollar uh, violation, and the the rules are strident in HIPAA privacy, high tech as well. But they they massaged it legally so that they would do this. Well, yeah, or and they as you know, or they blatantly ignore. I mean, in 1986, Reagan. Oh, there, yes. Yeah. Well, Reagan <laughs> signed into law the um, NVCI, uh, NCVIA was signed, which uh, which we which kept vaccine companies from being fully persecuted for their product not working. This was in uh, 1986, 
And part of the establishment of that, of easing the penalties for vaccines not working was that every two years they're supposed to submit their vaccines for retesting to make sure they're still safe. Now, that was in 1986. This is 2023. So that's what, 34 years, 33 years? And the number of tests that those vaccines that we all get that have been retested over the time is zero. So it's all about ignoring the rules. It's not about making them. It's about ignoring them. And that would, that's what makes the gears of, of the world grind. Right. And, um, <clears throat> uh, you know, there has just been this testing of law enforceability. And, you know, there's enough anarchy in the Northwest hmm. and enough disrespect for, for the law by communitarian interests and you know anarcho leftist interest that you know if you care to violate the law and no one does anything then you just you just do it well yeah because that, yeah i live yeah. 12 miles from portland so yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's how they roll <laughs> that's that's the way they work i, I was entertained the that's other how day they roll. I was entertaining the other day when somebody was really cranky because their BLM flag was torn down from their house. And, um, you know, it's like, well, you know, I didn't say this, but I thought it really loud because if I did that, I would have gotten in trouble. <laughs> I would have gotten, I've got it, would, wouldn't gotten nixed from the next door app, but is essentially is, you know, you get what you pay for, you get what you vote for, you get what you, you know, you promote and promoting this kind of anarchy though in Hillsboro, we are not anarchists here. We tend to be, we're not quite as conservative as, say, Cornelius or Forest Grove, which is just a few miles down the road, but mm -hmm. we're much more conservative than Portland. And the rule of law has a little bit of standing here. And no, I don't. <laughs> and I don't think that the BLM flag should have been torn down. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, you know, mm -hmm. this is the reality in Portland. If you don't do what the crowd wants, you get oppressed somehow. I mean, there's, okay. we had one of the one of the more more current or more hip um, coffee shops just recently closed because they couldn't afford to pay their employees and pay for security and all the other things in Portland um, <sighs> because they just couldn't afford it. I don't know if they're going to move. And you know what? From what I've heard, they have good coffee and they're welcome to move to Hillsboro. But, you know, there were a coffee shop and roaster. So they roasted their own coffee. And yet, because of all the violence breaking windows all the time, all the things that happened down there, they ended up having to close. And there are a lot of businesses shuttered down there for that same reason. Now, back to the health thing. If you centralize the records and make them easier for everybody to share, they you have now just made them easier to hack. And therein is part of the problem, you know, and, yeah. you know, the best solution to me would be, guess what, you're going to have to start carrying your USB drive with your health records around. Um, Mm. I, I well, then you can share it with whomever well, I, you need I'm to. Not, I'm not. Uh, I'm not dismayed at your suggestion because it's it's actually physically, as far as physical security, it's accurate. Mm -hmm. But I'm dismayed that we would have to do that. It it, it it's uh, that's where the dismayed tone comes from, Gregor. It's not. Oh. It's not because that's that's a bad solution. It's because we'd have to do that. Yes. Yeah. And and I'm with you. And I would prefer that if our fourth amendment would be applied to our electronic life, which is it's right now. It is blatantly not. And well, it, it's also, there's law enforcement suppression 
did you did you get the uh, news item? That I, let me see if I can share it with the audience. Um, uh, there was a now as this transition has been taking place, there's a, there's just a real mad dash, you know, with the UN collectives, NGOs, because that means that they're 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 gonna get cut off. The UN seeks vast new powers. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, all the all that extra money that was coming on behalf of COVID administration is bye bye, and they have no reason for being anymore. I just shared so something. They, I just shared that article you shared with me earlier in the chat. Okay, great. That's the one. Um, and let me pull it up. I'll try to read it. The zero hedge thing, right? Right. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but it was originally um, aired at or on Epic Times. At Epoch, Epic Times. That's right. Right. And I posted the Epic link. Yeah. Awesome. So we're going to go there as soon as my. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, this is part of the tantrum. I have not been able to get. I think my drivers were sabotaged or something this week because I can't. I cannot operate my Internet. It takes 20 minutes to get any kind of signal in. It's like I live in the woods, but I don't. I live in, in South Austin. You need a computer geek out there. All of my devices have had some kind of BS, um, you know, slow down. Uh, and then, you know, there's other things that are happening concurrently. Um, I just want to let the audience in that um, when you're getting to be a little too voicey or a little too effective, certain, certain things start to happen. And so I'm going to ask you for your advice at the end of the show about a certain certain personal matter. So let's let's get this Epoch Times to, to show up. Come on, browser. I've already got it up. Okay. What do you want? In-depth, UN seeks vast new powers for global emergencies. Lawmakers and critics are sounding the alarm, but the White House supports the agenda. We don't, though. So if there's any point where we have sway over the White House, it's through our congressional delegation. Uh, if this is something that you disagree with and you are a United States resident or citizen who is taxed, tax day is right around the corner. If you do not feel represented adequately at the U.N. by these measures, I urge you strongly while they are taking your money by force to say, mm -mm. This is not for me. I do not want you to do this. So the UN is seeking new, vast new powers and stronger global governance tools to deal with international emergencies such as pandemics, economic crises, which could be anything that they engineer. Uh, and a new UN policy brief has revealed and the Biden administration appears to support this proposal. Okay. And we don't, though. And it's okay that you don't if you don't. If you do, you don't have to do anything. But if you if you don't if you don't approve of it, then you can you can materialize your dissent. There's a plan to create an emergency platform which would involve a set of protocols activated during crises that could affect billions of people and has already drawn strong concern and criticism from U.S. policymakers and analysts. Among those expressing concerns is House Foreign, Foreign Affairs Committee Chairman Representative. Michael McCall of Texas, whose committee oversees the U.S. foreign policy involvement with international organizations. Now, I don't agree with everything Mike McCall does, mm -hmm. but he is local to the region, and I could go visit his office and give him some support because he's busy expressing the concern of Texans, which is typical 
that we don't want this. So we must be sure that any global protocol or platform operated by the UN respects U.S. national sovereignty and U.S. taxpayer dollars. Oh, my God. It's like he's speaking for me. See, that's representation. So he also noted that his concern that the proposed platform expands the authority and funding of the UN and the definitions of emergency and crisis to include, for instance, climate, climate change. UN documents and statements released in March by key leaders of the UN global organizations make clear that climate change is a major piece of the UN emergencies agenda. Other critics who spoke with the Epoch Times expressed concern about the influence of the Chinese Communist Party within the UN, the global organization's well-documented corruption problems, and its track record of dealing with previous emergencies. Allowing the UN to deal with this is the equivalent putting the CCP in charge of global emergencies. Former U.S. Assistant Secretary of State for the International Organizations, Kevin Moley, told the Epoch Times. So, in a policy brief, uh, our common agenda headlined, strengthening the international response to complex shocks and emergency platform, U.N. Secretary General Antonio Guterres laid out his vision for empowering global organization to deal with global crises. The challenges we face only can only be addressed through stronger international cooperation and strengthening global governance for current and future generations. The policy brief builds on earlier common agenda documents and comes as UN leaders outline the plans for a summit for the future to be held during the General Assembly's an annual high-level meeting in September. If it gets a green light from member states, the global emergency protocols would be triggered automatically in case of a global crisis. So this is what it is. It's exactly what I thought. It's trigger policy. You know how the abortion activist, or rather the counter-abortion activist, they filed in laws that would not be actionable um, unless they overturned Roe v. Wade. And when they overturned Roe v. Wade, then all these trigger laws went into effect. They're like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We can do that too. We'll trigger, we'll trigger this crisis management, you know, subterranean, you know, hidden hand of global black government when I say black, I mean in the dead of night government. Government you'll never see or, or touch because they don't represent you. Um, the deep <laughs> administrative state. Yeah. You know, iron fists and the velvet glove stuff. And so, so you have, so, so what you're saying is you have objections to a bunch of people from all over the world who have no identification with you personally and have not been elected by you in any way, shape or form and in which you have no input ruling over you? Right. Uh, but that's democracy. <laughs> you know, that, that's the democracy they're all squawking about. So I guess that brings me to the next news, news item. I, I, I'm going to tailor it there or tailor it right there um, <clears throat> and move on to the next news agenda item, which is we had a U.S. Air Force airman who decided to get uppity about military intelligence because we're losing that Ukrainian war. 
and he thinks it's a waste of American time and resources, or it didn't sit well with him that he was fighting a war, American bodies were going over there, and it was a worthless war against the Putin. Well, and I so, think it's even far worse than that, according to his leaks. So, Okay, tell, tell us. Tell us, Gregor. This is, this is the one I'm handing off to you. Okay, so uh, our, uh, uh, Jacob uh, Jacob a uh, 21-year-old junior enlisted airman of the Massachusetts National Guard, has been charged with leaking documents. And these documents uh, show a situation in which, A, the Ukraine losses are far worse than what we've heard on on social media, um, and also the 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 part that irks me the most is the fact that we have been blatantly lied to it about our involvement. And apparently, in these documents, it shows that there are U.S. special forces on the ground in the combat situation, not just protecting the embassy, but in combat situations. There we have an absolute violation of article two of the constitution because the okay, president and, can't and Gregor, i'm just going to ask you to i'm sorry to break in but could you could you please read article two for the audience who may be ignorant oh um, well i didn't have it pulled up um it's important yeah it is let me just ask my ai friend bing to see if they can bring it up for me real quick I mean, what for the while I'm looking it up, it's the one that uh, tells you know it tells you what the president can or can't do. Right, uh, right. Art- it's very important for the people to know that. Okay, here we go. Article two of the United States Constitution establishes the executive branch of the federal government, which carries out and enforces federal laws. Article two vests the power of the executive branch in the office of the president of the United States, lays the precedence for electing the removal of president. And establishes this is from Wikipedia because it's so it's you know super reliable. Um, electing the removing the president and establishing the president's powers and establishment. Section one of Article Two establishes the position of the president and the vice president, um, and and the term of both and the vesting clause. What is also important is Article One, which establishes Congress, and they're the only ones that can declare war. It's not the president that declare war. Um, it is the Congress, and that has not established in this fight. Now, I know people will say we never declared war against Afghanistan, et cetera, and I don't entirely disagree. I just know that the Congress did authorize violence in that. In that they called it defensive violence or something. They called it something weird. And people have been debating ever since whether that's really... Um, uh, a declaration of war, and I'll leave that up to you to decide. But Article Two of the United States is. St- uh, wait, no, that's not what I wanted. Article One, Section One, grant the. Well, hang in there. Yeah, um, just trying to find the right link to click on. Uh, the War Powers Act. Um, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 11, the Constitution grants Congress the power to declare war. The president, meanwhile, derives the power to direct the military after a congressional declaration of war from Article 2, Section 2, which names the president commander-in-chief. 
So there's a relationship between the two. Yes, the president fights the war. No question there. Absolutely. It makes sense to have one person or one team in charge instead of having Congress direct everything and then everything would be debated and nothing would ever happen. I'm all over that. I have no problem with that whatsoever. What I do have a problem with is the fact that we have boots on the ground in combat situations in a war that has never been declared fighting an enemy that is not actually committing violence against the United States of America. Right. And, and uh, just because they lied to us doesn't make it our fault, which is what the intelligence community has conditioned itself to believe and, and convey to us in, in complete and utter psychotic error that if we in, in some way understand and witness what is true, that is our fault. Okay. It is not a fault. It is, it is psychosis to say that if I understand what is true and don't believe the lie, that I am not just bad or wrong, that I am bad for understanding it and interpreting it as what is true, okay? Because the, it seems that our intelligence community has pointed itself in an adversarial way toward the American people. And, uh, you know, it, I can't think it's devilish. It's outright, like, evil, satanic. Uh, yeah, yeah. James chapter 3 uses the words demonic in some translations. Um, when you, because they're when trying you use your emotions to, over... to criminalize what is true. Like, they're making that some sort of error. To, to recognize what is true politically. Right. And that's not even their role. I mean, they go around the world, you know, somehow trying to represent our interests, but what they're doing is they're turning over. All they do is traffic and lies. Why are they on our payroll? Well, and what is it that they do all day except for traffic lies? Well, and absolutely, but that brings us back to the people we put in power, meaning our congressional critters. Because right here, we have an impeachable offense. Declaring war on the Russia by putting troops on the ground without congressional, congressional approval, without a congressional declaration of war. I'm not saying the committees didn't know about it, but the, which apparently they did. Yet, no one's willing to turn around and say, this is wrong, and fight it. Okay, it is our turn. Regardless of how we acquired this information, it is our turn to say to the people who represent us, just as Michael McCall said so clearly, the UN does not represent the sovereign interests. This intelligence community state that has done this, this military intelligence and community has done this. And it is against the interests of, of the American people. And we got to say no to it. We need, we need to call and write and use our voices and say no to this. That is the appropriate action to something like this and to ask for what you want. What do you want out of this, Gregor? What would you tell your representative today? I'm kind of doing the activist exercise right now, like the PT, the, the activist physical therapy. Okay, let's touch. 
and say, what is it that you're going to say or what is it that you intend to do? Uh, what do you want done? How do you want them to represent your interests? Go. I would like to see all money stopped and all troops stopped to Ukraine until they can review the situation. And I would be happy to say that there might be cause, but I'm not going to, I'm saying there's no cause now. I would also like to say that <laughs> we should extract ourselves from anything the UN can force the United States to do, as is the UN Charter, which prohibits anything internally in countries. That is part of the UN Charter. All I'm asking to do is play by their own rules. Yes, I agree. I concur. And um, what I would ask of my government, if I had Ted Cruz or Chip Roy or Lord Doggett or Myra Flores on the phone, I would say, you know, or John Cornyn, I would say, you need to end this. We did not, we did not greenlight this for the American people. And there were 10 Texas representatives who obstructed an omnibus defense bill. So Texas is against this. I, I hope that you will give your, your representatives a chance. You know, we have been told by lots of people that they're, they're failing. So just let them fail and don't do anything because every time you call the phone, they don't do anything. I challenge you. Do it. Because they have a job. Make they the get calls, a send They're the postcards. They're not supposed to just do nothing. Go ahead. Make the calls, send the postcards. I say send postcards because those will actually get through the scanning system. Letters may not. Um, emails can easily be ignored. Um, physical presence, either on the phone or by paper, has the biggest impress. Because if you took the time to fill out a postcard and say, say no to this and send it to your representative, that's huge. That shows them that there's some sort of motivation behind it. If you just send an email, it can go into a folder. Somebody can delete it. Some staff member can say, oh, no, really, we didn't get anything. Um, they can set you to go into your spam. They can set you to go into their spam filter and therefore you'll never be heard. And also call the local, the local. Call the office. Field office. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you call the local, if you call D.C., you know, they're going to be sometimes there. Thank you very much. You know, we'll pass your, your notes to the senator. But these are people who live in your community and they're more likely to listen to you and take a meeting with you. Now, so I'm, if you go to the, to the local office that's in your zip code um, or approximal to your zip code, um, they will set up a meeting with you and they will hear you on any matter of concern. Yeah, you want to know a really nasty trick to play on your representatives? If you're really... Well, I don't want to play a nasty trick. They're supposed oh, I to do. do with their job. Yeah, but <laughs> there's something about there's something about our representatives. Most of them are, are... Many of them actually live in the Capitol building, which is technically against the rules, but many of them do it. They put a bed, they put a cot in their office and they stay there four nights a week. Um, and the funny thing is, is that the phone systems have to ring. <laughs> so if you call them at three o'clock in the morning, their time, I actually called my congressman one time at that point. I was in San Diego at the time and uh, mm -hmm. Duncan Hunter Sr. was my representative. And I had something I wanted to say. I assumed I would get a voicemail and I just leave the voicemail and be fine with that. 
he ended up answering the phone at two o'clock in the morning his time because I worked graveyards and that was a good time to call. And well, uh, they might have been marking up a bill. They work late and some and but yeah, and he you know to be be honest, he did sound awake. I mentioned what I said and he thanked me for his call and I you know it was a good conversation. And he did vote the way I asked him to, whether it was just because of me or not, I don't know. But, you know, but the fact of the matter is, bug him at night, bug him in person, um, you know, bug him at their offices. I really, I'm wondering if it's not time for us to have some sort of remote voting system for our representatives so that they have to stay in our districts and and confront us directly versus. Yeah, some... I've, I've got some, some, some radical notions about what we should do with the U.S. Capitol as well. I think they're too comfortable in that that district of Columbia. I think it should be moved to like Nebraska. Well, I don't even know. So, if, I don't even, see. I don't even know if moving it now is an issue. I think you know they can they could set up a VPN. They could have secure voting um, with some sort of you know crypto encrypt some sort of uh, blockchain voting system where we could be assured that only the representative can vote. Unlike what we have now, which mm-hmm. is they have been for the last three years voting in absentia where they just say, here's my vote, cast it to the representative of choice, whatever that is, Nancy Pelosi, whomever. And so they've been voting in blocks without even being present and literally not knowing what they're voting for. That has often happened over the last three years, and that should be highly illegal. Now, what I understand, they made that illegal with the new Congress, or they made it against the House rules in the new Congress, but that should have never been instigated, period. Because... How can my representative represent unless they're there, or at least they have to cast the vote? And technology right. technology is at such a point now where, you know, there is there is the capability through encryption and through secure channels they can actually have meetings and they can have committee meetings without even being in. You know, there might be the occasional I, I'm not, skiff. I'm not a but big fan, Gregor. I mean, that that might seem like modernization. But I, I still believe that we should take a, an in-person approach. Everybody should be present on premises for um, physical voting. And, you know, there is... I, I'm with, yeah, I believe that. I believe in that idea. <laughs> and I also believe that the capital should be moved to the center of the United States, the, the physical center, the location oh. center of the United States, rather than the coast, so that it would force all parties to go to the middle. Yeah. Well, and, and I, and I honestly don't necessarily disagree with that. I'm just trying to find quick, you know, easy solutions, but, and part of it is I want my representative here where I can sit at their office and sit at their desk and yell at them in a fine, kind and polite manner. <laughs> Article five convention of States, the root cause says. Well, maybe, maybe they can, they can make a rule that, 50% like a hybrid workplace they do 50% in district and then the other 50% in like a DC capital well and area you know in the original US constitution they only actually only worked like the Texas house similar to the way Texas was structured uh is structured currently where they only work part time and uh they only worked 3 That's months That's true they and, only... but they're also volunteer they don't get like huge $400,000 stipends. And that's the way it used to be as well for the U.S. Constitution. The states were responsible for taking care of the representatives, not the federal government. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I could see a situation where we only met, they only met once every in-person 
once every two years for three or four months where they got all the business done. And that was that. And America spent, you know, the first major portion of our, of our founding that way. And look at how much was accomplished. The Nash, the, the gross national, or the gross international yearly income went from $450 a year in the seven, early 1700s, which it had been for the previous 3000 years to in you know, the 1900s, 600, 6,000, you know, the national, the national uh, economy increased the world's yearly income by, by uh, $5,500. I just wanted to jump in and say, like, I do have some compassion for the for the work of what they do um, because they get threatened. And, you know, one of the things that I'd like to bring up is that Devin Nunes, who is now the. He's like the CEO of Truth Social, whatever you think about Truth Social, you know, I, I'm not on it, of course. But whatever you think about Truth Social, um, you know, he he has garnered a good relationship and he's a in a technology firm and part of his story is that he was on the intelligence committee and the intelligence uh, community or the intelligence services will bully congressional representatives they they hack into their stuff you know they try to extort them they try to extort their families they 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 put them in they they wrongly accuse them meaning like well we'll manufacture evidence that you were in a criminal place or situation that you weren't so that we can try to control you. And this is not, this is not what they're supposed to do. Absolutely. Um, And, you know, our total control, the total control of us, I think is what is going to be the, the end of this, of our current way of life. Um, now, does our current way of life need to end? Maybe, I suppose. There's, I could see reasons for that, but it doesn't mean that I want to throw it into chaos and destroy, you know, destroy our economy and destroy the entire world, which is what they are seem to be wanting um, to do. They being the World Economic Forum, the in conjunction with the United Nations, in conjunction with our current leadership. So it's, you know, while we have the opportunity, while we can, let's say no now, Absolutely. You know, because you know, global governance is not better. It is not better. We've seen it for the last, what, you know, 21 months since all of 2022 and most of 2023 that we've had, a lot of 2021 as well. It, this The mandate stuff started in the summer of 21. And all we've seen happen since then is the emergence of America, the banana Republic. I mean, the real one, like some real third world corrupt, like let's start a civil war in America because they have nothing else to do because that's all they do. They start civil wars, knock over democratic governments and then install dictators. And it's like, that's what they did. Yep. So I think the problem is the intelligence community. I'm just going to say it. And attacking me, attacking my communications, you know, attacking like, okay, here's what happened. Okay. In the time that I have known my spouse over a period of years, he's a good person inherently, but he's vulnerable 
and the you know the evil actors who know how to get intelligence know where he lives he knows where we live or they know where we live they know who he associates with and they can they can put friends in front of him and this is kind of tough for me to talk about um he has a friend that's married or could be married i i think they are married but nonetheless married to a law enforcement lawyer at Perkins Coey. And last weekend, they decided to get together as a couple, which has always made me uncomfortable. And the key was to get me alone with her. Hang back and get me alone with her so that she could ask me who my friends are and where they are. And they have been goading him and telling him that I'm not good because I won't tell him who my friends are. And I'm thinking, if I'm covert about my friendships and I don't want to tell my own spouse who they are and conceal their identities because I'm doing things like saying I don't like the intelligence community and they should lose their funding, Okay, and I can't stay on this network for more than two weeks without terrible, invasive technical issues and using poor old Gregor as a, as a technical proxy on my own app. I don't then, mind being used, I promise. Uh, you know what? I just appreciate you. That's all. And, and I just want you to know that I don't need, law, you know, politicized law enforcement lawyers trying to pull me over in my own personal time. This happened right after last week's show. Yep. And they're throwing everything they can at me. Did you know that they're trying to take away Alex Jones' cat? No, his cat. Yeah, there's, there's a law, some sort of lawfare bullshit to take his cat. You know, to further demoralize him and to take, take his cat, Mushu. And I'm thinking, what is wrong with these people? Do they not have lives? What? What? Where is this hate coming from? And apparently, they just have nothing else to do. They have no God. They have no no real public attachment to public service. All they have is hate. Holy crap! It's the DOJ that's trying to do it to seize his cat. See, that's love there. That is, that is the petty administration of hate. I don't want to pay for that with my taxes. And apparently he's it's because they suspect he used the pet to hide his cash. There's not a lot of cash you can stick in a cat. I'm sorry. They suspect that he is the cat behind the what? No, no, no. The cat, they, they, apparently the lawsuit is regarding the fact that he used the cat to hide cash. Apparently, uh, they claim that the cat was used, account, I'm sure it was in counting measures, not stuffing cash up the wazoo of the kitty. But, um, you know, there was some sort of accounting thing going on, tools he used the cat's name well, for. Well, I mean, it, it, that's, that's all, you know, it's not laundering. I mean, he can make an account on behalf of his pet and, and, and do those things legally. It's, it's, not, it's not laundering. But you don't take the animal. 
they're just doing this to try to make sure that he can't keep his money and and hurt the dad. Yeah. That's what I suspect. Well, I you know, I, I would have to research it for a few minutes before I started talking about it, but I don't care who the DO what the DOJ thinks, it seems a little outrageous to go after some guy's pet. Now the money um you know, if the cat yeah, has got, a salary, got, okay, maybe, but yeah. go after the cat's salary, but not the cat. Yeah, I mean, I've had groomers, like the, the actual, you know, pet groomers. They, they because I wouldn't fill out their, their electronic forms, I guess they went online and looked at what I, you know, do. Mm -hmm. And they're like, you don't fit with us. You know, don't call and harass our salon ever again. And I'm like, what? Because I don't want to fill out the online forms. <laughs> That's harassment. Yeah. So something something is in the water to kind of weaponize the arena around pets. Because people don't want to get stuck with children because of how weird it is right now. You know, parents, they're trying to control parents. They're actually more easily controlled than pet owners because they have obligations and the state will require so many things of people who have children. And I honestly believe that that's one of the reasons why there are so many divorces between people who try to, to take a stand these days. They just interrupt the family life. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's not often talked about because it sounds paranoid and crazy. But, you know, if you've ever kind of been in a family where your whole life has been disrupted by, you know, the clandestine state, then you probably vouch for that. You're like, yeah, that happened. They'll do that. <laughs> so, I mean, they'll go after anything. They'll go after your cat. They'll go after, you know, and it it doesn't have to be legal. They're just trying to out outlast you in, in terms of time. So anyways, you know, I don't, I don't need to spend any free time with uh, law enforcement request processors from Perkins Coie. There you go. Now, I don't know how you feel about it, but I feel like now that I've said it here on my show, I have some way to protect myself. I don't want, I don't really want that level of covert harassment in my life. Yeah. Well, you know, you got you, the best advocate for your rights is the person that's looking in the mirror. Um, right. And and trying to get my mate to understand that because he really likes he likes his friend. And, I, I, and the problem was, is that when I said, honey, why don't you just go hang out with your friend, just you and your friend? And he exploded. He blew up at me. And told me, you need to tell me who your friends are. Blah, 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 blah. So that's at a whole nother level. I feel like they're trying to get him to turn over something about me. Mm -hmm. And that really, that really bugged me because he doesn't typically get that animated. If I tell him, you know, if you were to tell your wife, if there was just somebody in her, you know, like a friend of your wife and maybe your wife's friend's husband, and you didn't want to hang out with the husband. So you just said, well, let's go do stuff with, let's go do stuff with her. And then she lost her mind and said, you need to tell me all this stuff. 
What would you think? Well, I would think there was something, somebody was trying to get to my wife. So, but she wouldn't ask that question because she's smarter than that. We have a situation where I'm not a fan of some of her friends and I just refuse to participate with them in any way, shape or form. And it's an understanding we've had for 25, 30 years. So, but that well, comes, I mean, that comes from long marriage. I mean, that's comes from. So, so do you think that this couple is trying to use my spouse? That they're what, that they're trying to get to know you. I mean, they're forcing him to try to get to know you. Yeah. I, that's a tough call because I know some people that are just very interested in, if they're very interested in him, they will be very interested in you. If I were to show up in Austin, I would invite both of you and your your significant other to dinner. And it wouldn't be to find out about him. It would just be, you know, we have an association here and it would be nice to meet in person. And that would be all it would be on the okay, other side of the well, coin. Uh, I mean, but on the yeah. other side of the coin, if they're looking for specific information about you, that's a red flag. I mean, well, you and, and I also, have not talked about our significant others directly to each other because it's not germane to our conversations. Right. And and I, I wouldn't think it would be. I mean, we have more of a professional relationship, and I'm just trying to not be a paranoid wahoo here. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we're now we're doing counseling online, so. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, let's look at the chat. Let's look, let's look at the chat and see what they have to say. Oh, it's um, been an interesting, an, an interesting thing. I, I, I think Lysol and KDOT are very interesting. Uh, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not a fan of a lot of things they say because most of it is, is based on assumptions on their part. They're saying we have assumptions on our part and which I acknowledge I do. I will, there are certain things that I do assume, um, but they don't know anything about okay. me. So let me, let me, let me just look at some of the stuff in the chat. KDOT, is that person still with us? Yeah. Hussein is KDOT. Oh, Hussein is KDOT. Okay. Uh, la, 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 la. Let's go all the way down. Um, so there's three articles from uh, Lysol, Tony, Romeo, and I guess that's William. He's ch- changed his handle, I think. No, that was a person called Lysol who has now left. Okay. Sorry about that. Sorry, Lysol. Well, they never... curious. How many COVID infections have ha- y'all had? Well, I know I've had at least one. And it was it was clandestine to know the truth when I had it. And that was... That was in spring of 2020. So I wasn't allowed to know that I had it. Right. Because we, they decided all together, all antibodies were clandestine information. You could not know if you were over COVID. Well, now it doesn't matter because COVID is over. Well, yeah, but Uh, the H5N1 is the next one. So. It says, for national security, we should do that. And all you new right-wingers like Glenn Greenwald and Tucker have this energy 2017 when Trump was in office and the leaks came. You'll never you'll never talk about it. Right-wingers hate America. Wow. Oh, oh yeah. They're, I, don't, they're... I don't think I hate America because I say, I, can you please not spend money on war? No problem. The trade is, is traitor agents. Oh, Lysol. Okay. He's like a drag queen or something. Um, his picture just came out. Um, it says, please be consistent. You guys aren't serious. Well, you know, I mean, he's, that's his opinion. Yeah. Your mass disabling event, uh, while people hysterically react to boogeymen, I don't trust the government. Well, that seems, seems correct. You know, well, when it tells me it's okay to get COVID three times a year, this failing, falling for a bunch of Coke brothers is nonsense. You know, he has the right. 
he's got kind of a point there. And says, stop calling him a journalist because he's not. I'm you guessing that was a reference just... to Alex Jones. So. Oh, I didn't call him a journalist. I was talking about his cat. Yeah. <laughs> How do you call him a journalist? I know. Because he's not. And by his own admission, he's not. So. Yeah, he's an opinion. Mm-hmm. He's an opinion. Of... He's a polemic. Yeah, and I don't always agree with him, you know, for sure, by a long shot. But that's, that's I also, not the point. You but, know, but 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 being the way he's being persecuted is unfair. So yeah, it's it's you know, polemics gonna polemic. Yep. <laughs> it says you don't get to change people's occupation. He's not a whistleblower. Uh, Tejera committed espionage and should be tried. I don't even know what happened there. If he wanted to put American soldiers in danger legally. He should have just been a journalist. And I think he's making a point there that this kid, the American airman who was arrested and surrendered his, his cache of documents to discord, didn't think to go to normal uh, journalist channels. Why did he think not to do that? Because they turned him in to the national security state there was no anonymous dropbox they should have gone to the intercept they should have gone to the guardian and tried to process the legal constraints like okay it's okay to 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 get to this part this is the truth the rest of this is really you know that this is national security clandestine business here but this is public domain you know some editorial insight for a 21-year-old airman really would have been helpful, but he didn't he didn't know who to go to because our 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 press has become so untrustworthy. Oh my god. They can't, you know, they, they turned into another arm of the intelligence community. Oh yeah. And, and they've embedded themselves within uh, you know, news offices since 2000, what, six? Yeah. So wow. Uh, and Go ahead. They used to, you know, we used to, Burke, uh, Edwin Burke, uh, Edmund Burke back in the 1800s claimed that the press in England was the fourth estate. And uh, I'm, I'm actually, part of my research for today's show inspired me. I'm going to be doing another opinion piece on what the fourth estate is. But uh, um, part, of, part of the interesting thing is, is, as you pointed out, it was... New York Times and Bellingcat, both considered to be, quote, news slash information organizations. Bellingcat claims they're a open source intelligence group that supplies information for news agencies. And then the New York Times, well, is the New York Times. And they're the ones that turned this kid in and found him, in theory, according to their own articles. So they're completely untrustworthy for him to have been a whistleblower. Now, I still have questions. I'm not saying he didn't do what he did. I still have questions on how he got a hold of these documents. As a recovering IT guy, yes, I understand the need for him to have been having a top secret SCI clearance. But the whole compartmentalized portion, somebody would have had to give it to him under any circumstances. So he's the scapegoat. He's not the leaker. He's the scapegoat. Um just the math is really simple on that. Oh, we lost K dot. What a shame. Okay. Well, I mean, Lysol, did he come back? Nope. Okay. So he says they're disabling through COVID, meaning that they're trying to disable the population. I think that's what he meant. 
I'm not sure. Yeah. He's not here and I can't clarify. And then he said the revolution arrived and you chose brunch. Well, that's just drama right there. Yeah. (laughs) And you chose brunch. Well, and part of my problem is, is I'm, I just don't choose revolution. I've been to countries where that has occurred and as a private citizen, not as a soldier. And and I went even went to what would be considered peaceful revolutions, and they sucked. Just to well, say that. revolution is not necessarily consent of the governed. It's not. It's not an even, uh, non-chaotic, orderly process like democracy is. Mm-hmm. It's violence, and um, when when people endorse it, uh, whoever gets in there is worse than the last guy. Usually, they mm. don't know how to run things. They think that they have to destroy everything and start over from scratch. It's completely narcissistic. Um, when, when they do get the government in there, it's a bunch of, you know, they, they are not committed to to the normative functional, you know, hierarchy or bureaucracy that is necessary to serve, actually serve the, the people of the community. They have no patience. Well, it's not about serving. It's about control. I mean, Trotsky pointed that out about Stalin, how Stalin was doing all these things wrong that Trotsky said needed to be done, and Stalin was doing them. The problem was Trotsky was not doing them, because he was exiled to Mexico, where he later mysteriously died um, by an assassin. But um, Yeah, the the, um, do you remember who was the Frida Kahlo harbored him mm -hmm. as, as a political refugee in exile in Mexico, and uh, later he did so die. Yeah, he died at the end. They know who killed him, and then in the hands of the person who killed him had ties to the Soviet Union. Um, you know, so it was and they uh, the Soviet Union even sent an entire squad to try to take him, and they they were repelled at their at his stronghold. So, I mean, you know, it's, yeah, it's it's really something. Like they they really vindictive about it well and and um, what is happening but what is happening today i mean you know jane fonda on march 10th was on the view saying that everybody who disagrees with her should be murdered how cultist well, are I mean, we she really is a communist though well, gregor yeah. she's a communist oh now bill's talking and starting to talk okay um maybe we should start taking some calls well, nobody's continue. in the queue Come let me see us. if we can i don't know i mean i'm gonna have to apologize right now to everybody uh, technically, okay, Brad's um, here. you know, it's important to, I, I'm not going to be able to respond to anything that Vlad says, maybe, but at least uh, my speaking portion is done. We can take some callers and uh, they can have their say so. Yeah. Go, so go ahead and let Vlad in. And while Vlad's coming in, I will mention that the challenge with the setup we have here is last time we tried this, Sheila could not hear the callers. She, you so could, what I might do is I might open it in a browser and listen to it that way. Okay. Okay, we'll try it. We'll Glad try it. you're the man. <laughs> your new logo. I like your new picture, dude. That's pretty cool. Hey guys, how's everyone doing today? Sorry for my voice. I just got up an hour ago. Um, <laughs> I, I'm believe me. I'm everything that picture says. <laughs> Except the guy, you know, <laughs> except that guy. I wish I was him directly. Um, 
No, well, this is sad. I mean, what are, what are we doing in this situation? I mean, all these guys have been bringing up good topics like you. Everything from COVID to our government to our government. Uh, you know, we have we have China's uh, and the UN, the, the United Nations uh, boy. Oh, uh, it's Biden, not treason. To immediately it's not treason. You have to understand to commit treason and relinquish power and, and immediately do their he bidding. He sees himself because as he's a globalist. Or, Jim, or Jimmy Carter. He's a globalist. And- For the better, yeah, yeah. But the problem, the problem here, though, is you're giving you're giving uh, an, uh, you know power without question to all these bodies, whether it's the WHO last year, you know, the World Health Organization, or the United Nations now, under the guise or the disguise of 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 what of emergency powers and an emergency. Well, you know what happens to be that they could call an emergency at any time. There's been worldwide protests. And imagine in countries like, you know, countries that they've been trying to come in, which are pretty much a rat hole, like Haiti. Think about it. Anytime the, the United Nations powers of mixed up, made up of many countries will be able to come in and storm it. This is just an excuse. If something were to happen here, here in the United States, there would be all these foreign troops be willing to come in. The only reason they don't do it is because they, they don't know who's armed to the teeth. You know, a lot of our American brothers have a lot of guns. They're gun collectors. And they and they even get special permits and licenses to get even bigger guns. So they don't know who the hell's going to shoot them in their face. Or as they're jumping down off tra- off planes as paratroopers, they'll get shot down. They know it very well. They know they don't stand a chance. They'll die. That's the only reason they won't they won't dare, you know, send any other troops. And you know, most of those foreign troops are not in nowhere nowhere in comparison to our American troops in training or in quality of armament. Nowhere in close. Nowhere do they even have the experience well, and, of and war. And the UN has actually tried. So, but to that's do the that only thing that's keeping them back. They would like to totally it. eliminate Second Amendment right for every American. That's why you've seen all these mass shootings. Well, yeah, well, they, that's still they, actually they had, uh, the United Nations. Remember about and, maybe and 15, the, the sentiment ago, they that had we something were trying to get rid of about no gun, and they had a gun turned around, you know, the Nations, uh, twisted and everything. Voted down and there was a country. slim margin. I might, yes. might add. So, yeah. And and there's still going to be many countries that want to promote that bullshit. We're always going to say no, and hopefully they'll all say no. And well, and that's, Congress, that, to be honest, it would, it would have to, you know very well that the Constitution would have to change, and they would take an act of Congress. I mean, that's article, not that far the, away. What, what, what happened in the, I mean, I don't in, trust in, the uh, in 1787... Um, you know, we had a convention of states in order to establish our current constitution. That would be literally changed the entire government from scratch. Now, in Article Five, they keep saying that it could be set to limits and only talk about these items. Yet, I don't have confidence that the current selection of people that would most likely be put in the convention of states would have our best interests at heart. It seems to me, given the way that the current election system favors, and I'm not saying there's cheating, I'm just saying maybe the rest of us haven't figured out how to win elections properly yet. 
Um, you know, I, I look at uh, har ballot harvesting as in, here in Oregon, which is perfectly legal, as you know, that's what everybody has to do here if you're going to win. Apparently, I don't agree with it. I don't like it, and it's the rules. But anyway, I, I digressed. Um, you know, a convention of states could actually end up eliminating many of our rights, which is a bad thing. So, I mean, a convention of state, states may be necessary. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying it's a very scary proposition. You'd need 35, okay. you'd need 35 so states on, to have a convention of states. Even if it was the majority red states, states concur. <clears throat> Gregor, that would still be a rule. All of those are red states. There aren't that many red states. And in order to get the, anything done, the rules are that everything has to pass more than three quarters. I think it has to be unanimous. So all of a sudden, one of two things is going to happen. Either somebody's going to compromise to get things done, which compromise away is our rights, or nothing will get done. It'll be a complete waste of time. Hey, I just wanted to jump in really quick. Um, uh, wow. you know, Blotty, I know that I was going to ask you, Gregor. I don't know if you guys covered guy. it. Oh, um, and and you kind of have been so consistently. Um, but but it's not a long term plan, and it's not government. And. If, if a, you know, top-down revolution were to take place, stronger, more organized central governments in the states would amount a counter-revolutionary attack and probably overcome you quickly. But, but there's a problem, Shayla. They don't know my power. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Uh, I don't know. That would be like the last, the last straw, honestly. Um, I'm a very diplomatic man. I'm, I'm a man, I'm a rational man. You know what? Anything before guns, now. but leave our guns alone. Leave Freedom, our guns alone. Freedom. If you don't like the U.S. and you want your socialist bullshit, take it somewhere else. Or lock and load. That's that simple. My, my parents brought me... <laughs> my my parents, you know, they came to America. They didn't come here with all that nonsense. They just came to work, bro. They they didn't come with the attitude the USOs Mexico or anything. No, they didn't come with that attitude. We weren't taught that way. I heard that bullshit from other people. I understand historically, but I have to look at it in terms of reality with everything that's going on now. This is something that a lot of people don't like to engage. And the ones that do, they they assume they do, but they don't really. They don't care about the country. And the people that want to change it to something uh, socialist, something like Nazi Germany or, or Russia or Cuba, uh, all because Cuba has the best educational Glad system question. or they get three meals a day or whatever bullshit. What does La Raza They just want, mean? They want a freebie and they really don't understand history. Oh, they don't really understand the atrocities of all hey. these centralized... Uh, Sorry. Yeah. All right. I've gone to... Uh, the race, the race, but, but I've got, uh, hold on, I've got three understandings of it, okay? I've never seen any type of supremacy when they, anybody says la raza. I've always gotten like our own, let's take care of our own, like, like, uh, 
Armenians say Armenians only ethnocentricity. Uh, Koreans say we don't allow anybody else. Only nobody else can marry our daughters. Only ethnocentricity. So when I've always gotten la raza is look at what they're doing to us in immigration, and look look at how they treated the street vendor. Look at what uh, Trump proposed at the border. He's attacking la raza. So there's like a unity of race. But it's never, never supremacist. Now, with this said, there was this lady by the name of Maya in another program on TikTok who came up with the shit that La Raza, she, she got it from, from Spain, and it was very racist. Now, they might have La Raza, and they have every right to have it and to say it in Spanish. It's Spain, and they speak Spanish. But it's not the same understanding as Mexicans who also speak Spanish, thanks to the Spaniards, and 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 he's non-racist. I've also heard the take of Dr. Michael Savage, which I didn't agree. Well, I that he tried to racialize it like a white supremacy, and I I couldn't call into that show because it was a recording. I I I was like, he's totally misconstruing the whole damn thing. California, because La Raza anywhere near all. Let me underscore that it was a small minority of people were trying to claim. Uh-huh. That the La Raza movement in Southern California was all about returning the purchase of uh, New Mexico, Arizona, California to Mexico. Well, there's a reason that folks want to come here because you can work yeah, and you can you know earn what? money. I'll and be you honest, can, Gregor, you know, I've had those talks with years ago with other Mexicans and they laughed at it. A lot of... Uh, uh, first board, but, but, but yeah, but, but there was a time too where in California I used to see articles on, I think it was on the Time, uh, uh, Los Angeles Times newspaper, where they it was guys that were calling it, and these were usually white men that were anti-Hispanics that were right. One day California will be Mexifornia, shit like that, and I've never ever approved of that. I asked around. What, what what do you think of this? And most people have told me that study politics and people educated have told me this is a pipe dream because first of all, we're not even close to those times when the United States had the war with Mexico that it, that it took all those states. And second, he goes, nobody's interested in giving oh, up very California. Familiar with it, yes. There is no movement. Like, let me give you an example. There's more possibilities one day of Idaho owning part of Oregon. You know that movement, right, uh, Gregor? Since you're from. Okay, there's more possibilities that one day yeah. uh, Idaho will own a chunk of Oregon because there's a lot of conservative gun-owning, uh, Christian-loving Americans in that part of, in those neck of the woods, I'm going to say it like that. And there's more possibilities because there's already a movement on both sides. But there would never be a movement because Mexico is a border country to us. It's not a brother country in the sense that it's, it's like Idaho and not Oregon. No, it's not like that. Most people are not interested in giving up powers to Mexico. It's not like that. There would have to be some super woke ass bullshit that would have to like reparations, giving the land back to Native Americans, giving, and that would include Native Mexicans and the list goes on. And nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to be. And honestly, even if there was a movement, there would be a counter movement. 
I don't think well, California would, would like to be part of Baja um, California, the border easier, state moves, and now we're under the territory um, of Mexico. You know, and, and that, and you have, a, you have an absolute perfect. I don't think Texas wants to return to Mexico. Mexico is not in a healthy state. It's in the midst of its own almost civil war between the narcos and the government. And in some cases, the government is infused with the narco terrorists. And I mean, Arizona just had their AG appointed, who was the lawyer that represented all the all the narco organizations in Mexico, or at least the Seminola um, cartel. Yeah. And and one thing, believe it or not, Gregory, that I've heard from people is, is they've said if Mexico mm-hmm. can't even take care of itself, how the fuck is it going to be able to deal with 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 parts? It's like Las Vegas would be going back to Me- to Mexico, all of Nevada, all of Arizona. I I don't think Arizonas would be too happy. I don't think Californians would be too happy. Of yeah. course, Gavin Newsom would be happy to give up the state. He would be in a moment. He would sign powers immediately because he's gone to Mexico. You well, know, he's yeah, gone to Mexico, I'm a, I'm and, and that's what he believes in. Is let's give back to black reparation. Let's give back to Mexicans. Me, um, you know, you know with, and what the United States took from you know what? it would be the, that's the, bullshit. San Francisco just applied. Was it they? They want to try to give five million dollars per person. Per person who can prove that they have, and this is like in the city council, they can, and they have no idea where the money's coming from, of course. But if, if you're, if you're mm-hmm. the child of a slave, okay. If you're the, if you're a descendant of a slave, which California, and yeah. it, no, 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 no. Well, California never had slavery. Yeah. But if you're, if, if you're a descendant from sl- the slave culture uh-huh. from the South, <laughs> pre nineteen in California, right? <laughs> then they will give you $5 million, uh, like $100,000 exactly. a year, and you can buy a house in the city of uh, San Francisco for a dollar. And, you know, th- this is insan- insanity because for t- lots of reasons, um, you know, one of the things that people don't realize is 12% of the South of, of uh, 12% of the slave owners in the South were actually Africans who were free. And they own slaves. So, what if you're not the descendant of one of the uh, of the slaves, but a descendant of one of the slave owners, or in many cases both? Um, because oftentimes, slave owners took advantage of their power of position, and many folks have blood in them that is related to both mm-hmm. the slave owner and the slaves. So, where do you draw? The- well, that's a myth. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of it's probably his brother, not him. But I mean, the the science on that was very weak. Thomas Jefferson's children. I think it was more likely his brother, which is what's the difference, really? You know, um, oh, yeah. and oh. then there was Sally, uh, what's her face, who Thomas Jefferson apparently adored. So I'm not saying he didn't. I'm mm-hmm. just saying that most of the science behind the Jefferson children is a little bit weak. Uh, because it only did it. It only did a match to enough affiliates that made it clear that it was one of the two of them, and it could not discern between the two because there was never any. Um, they couldn't mm-hmm. get any uh, samples of Thomas Jefferson's brother to make it a hundred percent comparison. But anyway, that's okay. that, well, boy, that was a weird tangent. But anyway, so who do you, you know? Who do you who and and reparations are just an insanity because there's no there's the records are always going to be bad there's always never going to be absolute proof and again it's like can we just say you know what 
that was bad. Slavery was bad. And we don't do it anymore. And let's pretend we're all human versus insert racial epitaph here. You know, that's my thing is that there is actually only one race on this planet. The, there's only one race that we participate in on this planet, and that's the human race. Um, the fact that people of any nationality could possibly donate anything, kidney, blood, whatever, to me. Sure, it's more likely for a Scandinavian born whatever to match than a, an African, but it is not impossible. So, hey, can I break in here, Gregor? Yeah, sorry, I got off track. Go. No, no, no. I mean, I just, you know, every everybody has a race. That's the nobody escapes race. Everybody, everybody's put here the way God made them. So I've I've gotten real simple and reductive about this this overcomplicated matter. Uh, probably because I'm like triracial and I've had to. So I respect you greatly in your attempts here, but the thing is, it's a trap. It's a trap. And it's just best if you don't get in it. Well, and uh, that's bad. Uh, I just, yeah, it's a trap. You know, and the trap is to make sure that nothing you do or say is correct ever in any way, shape, or form. You are guilty as charged <laughs> for being. And they've tried so many different methods to get the same type of thing. And it's a dystopian tool. All right. Uh, race. And or, or, status, or the attitude. If they, if they can't get people agitated over economic status, it's race. If it's not race, then it's going to be maybe maybe uh, sex inequality. Uh, and if there's no if there's no beef there, they're they're trying to manufacture a third sex war between the children and us. And you know, if I go through a drive-through and there's a trans gentleman slash woman. That's there who wants to serve me. I I have no, there was never any question of service. This person, you know, executed the order and was, you know, I gave them the money. They gave me the food. There's no war here. Okay. And in hot wars, you can't do that. People take things so personally because they're adopting the agenda of, uh, of a political status. Uh, collective, okay, and that collective is at war with people who are not at war with them. So there's a brinksmanship going on between people who are agitated and you know collectivized. Okay, they identify with the policy agenda that you don't know about or, or absolutely don't embrace. It's just there's no debate about it. They're already at war with you. You don't even know it. So um, when you are confronted by some of these people, they have convicted you of sins that you didn't commit, crimes that aren't crimes, and sins that aren't sins. So I, I don't think you should worry about them too much because it's the same type of mentality that operates in cults. Cults indict normal people for things that are normal, legal, functional, every day, because they're not cults. And that is their crime. Their crime is that they are not cult. And so this is the same situation. You've got a bunch of collectivists, you know, terrorist yahoos that are evolving. Okay. Every, each side of the political spectrum is saying the other one is more extreme. I don't know what extreme is anymore, 
because I don't get a legitimate dame in their court. So it's all weird to me. But, you know, so I have to just take it individual by individual. If I get a cult individual in front of me, regardless of, of what their perspective is, um, I don't have to dignify an assault on my person or an overt attack on the way God made me. That's all there is to it. I don't know where, you know, they're, they're usually from somewhere, you know, out of clear sky blue, a complete stranger. It always takes you by surprise. You know, just do your best. Don't take it personally that they're that way because uh, that's your ticket out of there. You don't take it personally and you, you say something noncommittal like I, I'm sure that's your the way that you think. And then you just duck out of that. Be gone. Be gone from that conversation. Don't endorse them. Don't give them gasoline. Give them nothing. You know, kind of nod your head and then find the nearest exit because you don't want to stay in it with that person. They want conflict. They want conflict. I'm sorry. Was I clear? Can anybody hear me? We Are heard you fine. We heard you fine. You know. And this is, thank you. You don't need that. Shailen, this is another thing I want to add. <laughs> yes, I, we could hear you. We heard you fine, Sheila. And the thing what I want to say is I, I always defend you know, just because, because I have a, a oh, white family on my okay, nephew's side from now. Mississippi. I always defend them because it's, it's kind of funny that the 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 Yeah. The the irony is I have a I have a, a niece of Scottish Irish descent from the Mississippi area. That's the second um, marriage to my nephew, the trucker. My my nephew, the trucker, is very much Christian, very much American, very much Second Amendment, very much the United States, and a family man. And he's very conservative, probably more than me. But his wife, who grew up in Mississippi, I don't know how the hell this happened, she's a lefty. Yeah, she claims she still votes Republican and this and that. But I, I've never once heard of her being in, and she's in, in, in education at a charter school. And she claims to be very American and pro-Trump and all that. But she is as left as I've seen in the family. Yet I've told her, I defend you. You know, they're attacking you. You know why people attack you? Left attacks red, uh, 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 red conservative blood, blood Americans. I go, where are you at in this battle? I know you don't like to have this, this, these discussions because nobody likes to talk uh, discussions unless it's the adults in the room in, in dinner, you know, over dinner, politics, like, like adults without fighting. But where do you stand on this? This is, this is terrible. You're okay with DEI, and, and I know Shayla very well understands that, like you, Gregor, uh, ESG and all that shit. You're at the Scarter, uh, uh, charter school level. You're not at the unified school level with your protected but you're an administrator yet you have this nonchalant attitude about it's okay to, to to move all these leftist shit like the trans movement and all that equality ago you have no well now your daughter's going to be 18 she's on her last year of high school so you have no problem because you've got no more kids but what is this not like kickback attitude like of indoctrination you don't care because your kid's not there anymore in the next year or just don't care because you're apathetic I mean, she grew up 
in a broken home, unfortunately, but she grew up in a Methodist Baptist home. I I don't know what kind of Christianity she practices. I try to 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 practice my Christianity. I vote my conscience. If you guys understand that, and I know you guys do because you're very intelligent, I vote my conscience. So I vote regarding the Bible. That's what a lot of people don't understand. Oh, keep Christianity out. No, this is what made the the country great. We got to go back to the roots, to the foundations. And there's always going to be dumb nuts that come around talking all this nonsense against us because they want to bring in some socialist dystopian paradise shit, you know? Or utopian, whatever the hell they call it. A fake pipe dream. And that's wrong. And, and but this is, this is, this is where we're going up against. I told my niece, I'm fighting for you. In the past, I really didn't fight for white people because there wasn't an issue like this. Now I'm having a every every everywhere I can I fight for you guys, but you guys are fighting against each other. I go, wake up, wake up! It is horrible, and she's still voting for everything. I wouldn't doubt it secretly. I told my my nephew, I I, I you know because he constantly tells me he wants a divorce. Um. Uh, that would be his third divorce if he would, uh, second divorce and going on to someone else. And my nephew's really good at with, with women. But he's tired, but I go, that's what you chose. And, you know, biblically, you have to honor that, unfortunately. Um, unless something worse were to happen. But the whole thing hey, I Gregor? told him, this is your doing. This is your baby. Um, I just and wanted your to break second marriage. Okay, we've been here for an hour and a half. Uh, because the girl you know, cheated on you. Maybe we should wrap up but around I go, this, maybe this is your marriage, but 15. she is whack. She's Okay, that's fine with me. I was about where are you about the same thing, so that's fine. And um, Vlad, how are you? Are you, are you just about done there, buddy? Or well, no, I didn't. I didn't have anything to take over with. I just wanted to. I, you were interrupting. I wanted to make sure you got everything out. Yeah, go ahead, take over, guy. You know, I love talking to you guys. And so, so that's my really my big worry, Gregor. That yeah, I have some leftism in my family, not me directly, but it's either well, my left side of the family or my right. My right, I'm not worried about. It's the left that I'm worried about. I, I, and they're very kooky. They come up with some of the crazy shit so that you won't imagine. Mashed up together. That is. But anyway, hard I just to wanted to share that. So many of the people on the quote right are authoritarian now, and to me, that's the real issue. If you're authoritarian or you're not, and. Um, you know, it's not a left or right thing. It's whether you're authoritarian or you're not. And I'm really working hard at trying to help us become not. Going back to where we're limited government from the federal government Okay, Sheila, do you have anything going on that you want to talk about? Well, I'm still trying to hear back from uh, the I'd love to hear you guys. Go uh, ahead. About, you know, the whole, like, what, if you were stuck in the situation I was stuck in last weekend, what would you think? I heard what you thought, but I didn't get the, the notes or the ideas of the audience. Well, the audience didn't say anything, so that's why you didn't get any ideas. I don't think, I don't know, did uh, Miranda, did you say don't anything? Think anything. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm going back you know, to see if Miranda typed anything in, because I know she doesn't talk, so.
Uh, yep. No, I don't see anything on that. Except for she yeah. loved she loved Duncan Hunter Senior, which I can agree with. Who's Duncan Senior? Duncan Hunter Duncan Hunter Hunter Senior is the father of Duncan Hunter, who was a current representative of the first fifty first district in the state of California. Um, and the son is nowhere as near as good as as the father was. Um, but that's a whole other thing. Oh wait, you mean for he was like Southern California, like San Diego? Yeah. Uh, well, it was a really interesting district, the 51st district. It was part of Riverside and part of San Diego County. Ultimately. Yeah, he was like a he was like a border wall hardliner. Yes, like he was. And his father, his son, who's also named Duncan Hunter, wimped out. Who who won his seat when he? I forgot. Did he pass away? I don't remember. Anyway, he won his he won his his father's seat, but he has not been anywhere near as good. He's very compromising. Um. Like in what way? Oh wait, I don't like my. Wow, but I had a question. I do agree. I haven't with heard what that name since two thousand five. I, I I do agree that's, with what Shayna was saying. D- Duncan Hunter. Um, it's terrible what was happening wait, for you that's, that's not, to not, be forced. Not quite right. Um, to, Chad, uh, Chiefs. Uh, I think it's Chiefs' baby yeah, girl yeah, you, um, has has commented on you. Duncan Hunter. Oh, she did. What did she say? Uh, she, uh, I do not associate with anyone I don't want to, and I believe you 100% that they targeted you, Sheila. Um, oh, my God. I am the, I am the same. I don't like... I, mean, I, didn't, I didn't know that. I'm, like, really excited that somebody responded, and, and I'm not insane. No, I think I don't yeah. think you're insane. Um, and you didn't you didn't yeah. intimate that You're I not. was, Gregor. It's there's just, it's wonderful to, to get a second You're opinion. Good. It's not you. The you know, problem is not if you, I'm, I, if I The problem is all those idiots. Like I'm, I'm all all those idiots that are targeting you. Uh, I, could, I could possibly be, you know, barking at the wrong tree. Yep. But, you know, I, I leave myself open to criticism. And for people to, to share with me, like, yeah, you know, it's a little paranoid what you're thinking. You know, maybe, maybe it's just this. You know, because I... I you know, it's really inconvenient. It's it's really not a good not a good convenient thing to be happening in my life. Yeah. Um, it means that that political operatives are trying really strenuously to get to me, if that's the case, and uh, that I'm I'm hitting the target. <laughs> well, yeah, that means you're doing something. I'm hitting some kind of target. Yeah. Um, so, so that's a blessing to, to know, at least, you know, to confirm my state of mind, at least that yeah. somebody else might be, thinking, you're, you're making at you least know, a dent. I don't you're want to them. a Dateline episode or a Lifetime movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, uh, baby girl also says I was horrified listening to your story. It's not paranoia if they're after you. Oh, you know, that's deeply comforting. And I, I really appreciate you listening to me and, um, Thank you. But I also think we should go ahead and cut it because you're stepping on Vlad a lot because you can't hear him. Oh, I'm so sorry. Well, I'm cut it, it. But you can't hear him. So, I mean, I don't know what to, what to say. And and I wish I, I wish I had the technology in order to fix that. I just haven't figured that out yet. And um, Colin has been very unhelpful. I asked them about some Not questions and they said, well, maybe you should just do it all through Colin and that'll solve your problem because I used to use uh, Zoom. And Colin, and I can't do it anymore because somebody changed something. And they said, "Oh well, you should just use us." 
And thanks. That's not the solution I was looking for. I appreciate your help. I, I think we should let Vladi have his say, and then I'll come back when he, when he's done with his his oration. Okay. I'm so sorry, Vladi. I respect you and your voice. Please continue. Do you have anything else you need to cover, Vladi? All right, let me relate. Let me relay that to her. Um, Vlad wants to know how many times they, he's with you. He thinks they're targeting you, and he thinks that that was weird. The situation was How often has this happened? Um, it's only happened like twice. Uh, the only other time I think that I was targeted really strenuously was was with a woman by the name of Lori Michaels, and she became problematic because she was working directly with. Um, the executive who owns Time Magazine. Is it L A or L A U or L O R I? L O R I. And um, she was she was working directly with um, the CEO for for Salesforce, and it made my skin crawl when Naomi Wolf called in to tell me that the that the passport uh, initiative developer the business development behind uh the the backseat passport was salesforce mm. okay and, and i just want you to know that my my biggest claim to fame if there is any is being the anti-national id anti-national digital initiative i mean i showed up to all the meetings and i killed that thing outright with oh the this court- that's what I did. That's, that's my crime. So um, I oppose it. I still oppose it. I always opposed it. You know, of course, you know, somebody, there was too much going on in my life for me to get behind that one. And there were a couple of other important advocates who stepped in the gap there and then were very proficient at people like Naomi Wolf, but a definitely a more organized anti-China group um, also when I say anti-China, I don't mean anti-Chinese people. I mean anti-CCP. Mm-hmm. Um, stepped in the gap because all those, the the web initiative, all of that, all of that comes from a centralized global identity credential. Okay, and they want it, they want to get it wedged in voluntarily if they can't get it forced on, upon you by the government. Um, let so me read a let me read a quick bio of Miss uh, Michaels that I generated with Bing AI because okay, it is I'm very fascinating. Sure the spelling is correct. It's M I K U L S. Oh no no no! I got it. I found her, Lori, and her her name is also she is also known as Vlad. Can you mute your thing? <laughs> um, her, her name is also Lori Castillo Martinez. And she is the executive vice president and chief equality officer at Salesforce. She leads the company's global equality efforts, including equality strategy and programs. For the past six months, Lori has served as the interim chief Doesn't she sound no. lovely? 
oh my god yeah i didn't know who i was associating with and she turns it turns out that she's a duplicitous like person <laughs> well if she introduced herself as laurie michaels and her actual name is laurie castillo martinez i could i would yeah, call she, that she misrepresented. she misrepresented herself in on in all streets and you know she she said she was this and she wasn't and, you know i kind of was already on to her because i felt i fed her a lot of bullshit. she started switching and changing identities on me and so i did the same because you I'm know, necessarily new. And, and so when she's like, she started asking me to kind of self-betraying questions, and I just fed her a bunch of lies, lies and bullshit. I did it on purpose. It's like, okay, I wonder where this is gonna pop up if I tell her a bunch of bullshit. And if it comes back to bite me, I'll know she's the one who said it. Yeah. Well, that's, that's an old method of finding who's leaking the information. Feed everybody different information. Find out who it is. Yeah, you put a little dye in the water. See where it goes. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right, let's roll. I think um, I think Vlad was finished, and I think it's time. It's uh, 2.41. It's one four, or, I'm sorry, it's 3.41. So uh, shall we close out? Yeah, yeah. You know what? I just want to thank everybody for your compassion and for your attendance to these issues. I think the people who come here on a regular basis are very valuable because they're concerned over these issues. Um, <clears throat> if if the war in Ukraine is something that you don't want to fund or send bodies to, I urge you strenuously to contact your local representative and make your, your case known, whatever that may be. Um, and and to also send up a prayer for that airman, you know, he, he didn't quite do it right, but he didn't have the resources that he had in 2013. It's not like you can just send a Dropbox to the intercept anymore. It's not the same intercept. It's not the same world. So I just hope that the, the press becomes a more trustworthy place. Julian Assange has been uh, incarcerated for five years now in Belmarsh prison. We read the entire UN account here on Colin. And um, my prayers go up for him and his family. Um, they still have the cat, thank God. So um, again, an another cat that was targeted in, in polit political life. So um, God bless you all. Thank you for, for attending. Uh, you have been listening to The Unsanctioned Citizen. Um, it's going to take me a minute to uh, to close out the room, but you are well appreciated. Thank you all and goodbye. Uh, Liberty Mindset will be on Tuesday at 3 p.m. Take care, everyone. Central time. God bless. Uh, Have a great weekend. 1 p.m. Pacific time. And we may be starting uh, the book um road to serfdom and that's what i'm considering uh, starting now that i finished planned chaos thank you everybody and god bless <laughs>